0: Coming to you from the southwestern corner of Manitoba, sharing fresh perspectives from real educators. Tune in as teachers relate their stories of professional learning, classroom practice, and the challenges they've overcome to teach like a boss.
1: Okay, so we are here for another PD committee podcast and today we are here i'm julie Hall, a new member of the pd committee and i get to interview brad hayward and tara pitts and today we are going to talk about the mrlc so i thought first we could maybe ask you guys about your roles with the mrlc
2: All right. um, I'm Tara Pitts, and I've been a presenter alongside Brad with the MRLC. It's actually the numeracy achievement project that we're a part of, and it's all about um, increasing student achievement through the development of teachers. So we present to a cohort here in Verdon. uh, Three divisions come, and then I also present to a cohort in Winnipeg with over 50 participants and i've also presented a little bit at the brandon university just to some fourth-year teachers that are kind of exiting the program soon
0: uh, my role has uh, varied over the course of the project i've been involved since day one in the project as a numeracy coach as a principal as a support to the mrlc and now as a presenter so i kind of had wore a, a, have worn a number of hats uh, kind of a jack-of-all-trades, never a master of one. So I tend to just uh, ride the coattails of Terra. It's just way easier to do that.
1: <laughs> Perfect. And so can we, I know you explained a little bit but what MRLC is, Um, can we delve a little deeper into exactly what it means? Because as an early years teacher, I really have no experience with what this entails.
2: Okay, so what the MRLC is, the Manitoba Rural Learning Consortium, so it's a group of women actually that have brought, they developed this group to bring resources to rural Manitoba, And they have, you know, they bring in Faye Brownlee for literacy and all sorts of professional development. And what Brad and I are a part of is called the Numeracy Achievement Project. And uh, that's no longer a project actually because they were collecting data to see if this project works. They actually no longer want our data. This is proven, so now it is called the Numeracy Achievement Program. We've started in our division with grades six and nine in the program. And Brad and I have been facilitating grade seven and eights, and in the upcoming year, it's going to go to the grade five area and the grade
0: four area. So uh, the Numeracy Achievement Project uh, started, as, as Tara said, it's a, it started as a research project based on the work out of Prince Edward Island uh, by a fantastic educator named Laura Brake. Now, how it got introduced to to. Fort La LaVos in rural Manitoba was through a presentation to principals when um, our, our divisions in, in rural Manitoba were looking for ways to increase their numeracy scores. Because as we all know, um, Manitoba has uh, unfortunately um, tested near the bottom in the PCAP and PISA scores. And so Prince Edward Island actually has made significant gains in their numeracy scores on those tests um, through this project, and so we were able, to, fortunate enough, to have Laura Brake come uh, and present to us, and then has has been our leader for the last past number of years. I think six years, six years, there, five, something like that, that we've been part of the project. And uh, what is really exciting uh, now, as it's moved from a research project into a program. Um, is, the, is the scores that we're, we're starting to achieve in our numeracy. It, there, it's, it's off the charts in lots of ways. We are gaining multiple percentage points in, in our uh, baseline testing, which is really exciting. So now we're at that stage of, of maintaining and adding to this program uh, because we know it works.
1: Awesome. And so what do you think are the main areas that are, are supporting all the growth? like what do you think is it teaching the new teachers is there a specific strategy that's supporting those or um the all-around program well, what, what people do
2: is they come into the program. It's two years of training plus another day in your third year. So you meet four days and you are trained a lot. We It's grassroots, so we're building all of our assessments and understanding how to build assessments and put distractors in. We're learning how to look at our data. And basically the whole thing is integrating all these tools So we follow a pacing guide throughout the whole year so that we hit all curricular outcomes. We have foundational outcomes taught in the beginning of the year before January. Those are the important outcomes that are essential for leverage in the upcoming year. And then we start to quiz. So in January, we start formative quizzes, and from that quiz data... We create small groups to target certain students so that they can achieve success in those outcomes. And then all of that, we quiz four times, trying to gain success throughout the quizzes. And then it goes to the baseline assessment in June. And that is an assessment that Manitoba writes that is basically every curricular outcome. And it's made from a table of specifications, and they've been collecting all that data so as a teacher myself, I love to see my quiz data, it puts all my students into a planning instructional planner so that I can target my students on certain outcomes, and then I look at my um, data as well of, of the baseline and I'm able to understand where I need to improve for next year or what seems to be common, you know, um, unfortunate areas that I'm not reaching so that I can try to get the kids at another, in another year.
0: So I'm going to talk from a bit of an administrative, put my administrative hat on and watching how this program has changed teaching. Um, So in 2000 was the year I started down this numeracy journey that I've been on my career and have had some fantastic PD along the way. But one of the uh, points that was stressed early on in this journey was the idea of spiraling curriculum. And I didn't have a clue what that meant. I, uh, to be honest with you, I remember hearing it at one of the first PD sessions I had, and I thought, what does that mean? I have no idea what that means. Um, traditionally, math is taught uh, unit by unit, and um, I've called it in the past, it's, you know, it's a one and done. So you would teach uh, a, how to do a line graph. You do it once, and you never do it again during the school year. Um, what it has done, this program has facilitated... Teachers the ability to move to more of a spiraling of their curriculum. So the other component that I really think is important is the found, uh, the identification of foundational outcomes. So taking the entire curriculum and looking at it and saying, okay, what is really important? And help me out here. What there's a there's eight of them in eight of, in foundation and it ha- and they're decided by what's really important, what has lasting effect. And I'm missing something, but ultimately what it means is that looking at all the, uh, at your math curriculum saying, okay, that's what I need to focus on. And to um, reference another colleague, Holly Forsythe, who and I have talked lots about this. I've always said, let's just do number and we don't need to worry about the rest of the stuff. Well, we can't do that. But in essence, that's what we're trying to do is you're trying to focus on what's really important. And I like that part of the, this project where they're front-ending all of the, high import, or the important uh, curricular outcomes. And then reaching back and spiraling so the quiz says, okay, those five kids didn't get it. All right, you make a small group and you target, okay, what am I going to do this week? So those five kids, when they write the quiz the next time, hopefully three more have got it. And then again, the next time, hopefully another student and you're picking it up. So it's that reaching back, that spiraling, it's that um, um, focusing on what's really important in the curriculum and really spending a lot of your time on that, I think that, to me, is the foundation to the program.
1: Very cool. That is exactly kind of what we're wondering um, how it's built in the the plan for it and And you mentioned pacing, and I know that's kind of a um, hot hot button phrase for this program. And so you found that super helpful, the pacing structure. Yeah.
2: We have pacing guides from kindergarten to grade nine now accessible to us. And it like in grade six, for example, I have two outcomes in September and then I have three outcomes in October and it helps me stay on track. I happen to write down on a calendar how long I think I'm going to need for each outcome so that I'm not way behind in the curricular outcomes or or ahead. I'm giving sufficient time to each outcome. So yeah, the guide is really helpful. It would be very helpful to young teachers as well that are just coming into the math area. It would just help them along.
0: And what was interesting uh, as part of this project, uh, because I've actually never really done it. I've never actually taught this program. I've just been uh, an observer and a facilitator and so forth. But one of the one of the um, comments that I've always um, looked for or when it came across and when we debriefed in sessions was that teachers really struggled with the pacing guide at the start. But year two, it's like, holy doodle, that's been a wonderful addition to my teaching toolbox because now they're saying... I now can actually teach the whole curriculum where in years past they would say, well, I'm not getting to that or I'm running out of time. The ability to um, plan the year out according to these uh, outcomes has been an excellent addition to the teacher's toolbox that have been in the program. And I think to a person they would all comment that it's made them better because they've been able to get through an entire curriculum instead of scrambling at the end to try and cover off curricular outcomes.
1: Well, and you said while you were doing it, you could move on to other things, but still back up and, and touch on other subjects so you're never leaving anyone behind while you're moving through the yeah, and programming. That,
0: that's a core part is the reach back is kind of the technical word that they use, but basically cycling back and reaching back to those foundational outcomes. And I know uh, every teacher is kind of built it differently. Some people do it on third, they call it throwback Thursday or reach back <laughs> Friday, or they do it in the first 10 minutes of the class. Mm-hmm. It isn't, that isn't as important. As how you do it, it's that you're doing it and giving kids more opportunities to learn and to practice those mathematical skills and knowledge.
1: Well, in our never-ending, differentiated classrooms, it's so helpful, especially with teachers who as a group, we like to be planned and we like <laughs> to be organized. It's a nice way to balance both of those. I'm yeah. um,
0: random like me and I just <laughs> planned the lesson and I walked yeah. down, walk down the hallway. Yeah.
1: Um, so then, <clears throat> when looking at this, you guys said that currently you've worked in grade 7 and 9, you're looking at a bit of 6 and 8, and now you're hoping to do grade 5. Is that what you do?
2: Actually, all grade 6 to 9s, well, not all grades, but almost every teacher in our division, grade 6 to 9 has been in this program. So now it's going to the grade 5 area next year, and hopefully integrating some parts into grade 4
0: next year. Mm -hmm. So our school division is, an, because we signed on at the start of this, and we were one of the first divisions to take part in the MRLC project, um, we've built up, built up um, a number of teachers who have skill set and are familiar with the program. So now uh, we are, we've, at the last admin council meeting, actually, we started to talk about how do we, what do we do go, going forward? And the plan will be that it'll be implemented in grade five next year As an actual pro, like an actual cohort Mm -hmm. and a pilot in grade four, with hopefully the idea of moving uh, grade four the following year. So we will have all of our from four to nine we will have built up uh, a number of teachers who, who are familiar and can use this project. This
1: project. That's awesome. So then uh, for teachers who aren't in those groups, who are in early years or senior years, how can we support kids who are going to be moving into these programs or coming out of these programs?
0: Well, I'll speak to early years first because uh, I, th- I think we're going to start to see, as, as, well, as it comes into grade four, uh, it'll be a natural transition for a lot of our grade four teachers to be part of this project. Um, I think the idea of a pacing guide, um, introducing the pacing guides that are already available, I think will be important to, to early years teachers. I, I think also the concept of reach back and, and spiraling curriculum and helping them do that. Uh, grade fours will have a quiz component to their to their project um, I'm not familiar whether with the grade threes and grade two I can't speak to that but I really think the idea of the spiraling the curriculum is something that will really benefit uh, our early years teachers and the pacing guides I think those are two things uh, that can really help but but I think the most important thing that early years teachers will need to do is to identify foundational outcomes i think that is absolutely going to be critical going forward to uh, have any more have success is to say all right in grade three what are the what are five of the foundational outcomes that are required in math and i think we need to start there and identify those um in the short term and And then weave them into everything right Yeah. yeah
2: Cool. as well, a lot of mentorship. So Brad and I facilitate, so we have a lot of knowledge on the program or if there's other teachers within your building. So now we need to kind of mentor and help each other through this and share the resources and share the knowledge. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. It's a little trickier at high school, I would say, as you start to specialize. Um, mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that they're, they have been working on, I know they were working on when I was uh, in the numeracy coach too, is looking at just finding different ways to, to deliver curriculum and really um looking at reaching back and saying okay we need to work on this we're not we're not getting um integers so i need to spend go back and spend some time on integers in grade 10 i maybe need to not worry so much about trying to get through the entire curriculum and i need to say okay i need to spend a few days and we need to reach back and work on integers that con that concept i think there's lots of application for some of the math classes in the high school level Very
1: cool. So um, one of my last kind of questions or thoughts here was what are one or two easy takeaway tasks or things we can do here? But you have mentioned really looking at the curriculum and identifying key concepts that you want to continue to use as your foundational concepts. Uh, Is there anything else that we can be doing as teachers?
2: There's some data that's also available to um, like principals have the data from their schools if if they partake in the program. So it's nice to look at your data or maybe share an experience, talk to your principal and get support you might need or, you know, give advice if you're someone that's excelling. The data shows you your areas that you can improve on as well as like student areas that you need to focus on. There's divisional data as well. We can target AAA students, for example. It breaks down EAL students compared to um, other students. So there's lots and lots of very valuable data. So if your school's partaking in the program, then make sure you have those open conversations and try to understand it.
1: Awesome. So we can Mm -hmm. talk to our admin and teachers in our building who are trained. We can ask for mentorship time to work with other teachers and focus on some of those foundational skills in our curriculum to build and constantly not cross curricular, but maybe cross unit those into all of our other units for math to kind of prepare kids in early years and support kids in senior years.
2: Try to use that pacing guide and Mm -hmm. remember to reach back. Because when you're reaching back, you're not only targeting kids that didn't get it initially, but you're allowing for practice to put it into the long-term memory. So reach back is really key. Keep hitting those outcomes.
0: And I think one of the other things that I would encourage people to do uh, as a takeaway is that if you are not familiar with the project knock on somebody's door in a building um, that is, and go in and watch, go in and have a conversation with what this project is about. I think you will be pleasantly surprised at how it can help in, uh, grow as a professional. And, and the last thing I'd like to say is take a risk, you know, take a chance, try it. Um, that's how we get better. We all get better by taking risks.
1: Awesome. Well, yeah, is there anything else you'd like to add to this or anything I might have missed in asking about the program?
0: I always like talking about math. So
1: So the real key is call Brad.
0: (laughs) Well, Brad's going to say call Tara. Because if you really want to know how the project works, (laughs) you need to see Tara.
1: Awesome. Okay, well, thank you both so much for taking some time to chat with me today, especially before report cards as we're getting geared up. And hopefully you can enjoy some of that nice weather today. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks.
0: Thank you for tuning in. Any of the resources or information mentioned in this podcast can be found in this episode's show notes available at www.flbsd.mv.ca forward slash podcast. Join us next time as real teachers continue to share their journeys and inspire you to teach like a boss.